All right, let's take our Bibles together, please, back to the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 28 together and trying to find the wisdom that the Lord wants us to have for our lives. We only have 10 verses left in this chapter to finish it. They're scattered a little bit because I skipped over one or two of them as we were going through some of this. I'm not going to get through all of them tonight, but... One more time, we'll be through with this chapter more than likely. Wisdom, man, we sure do need it. And um, someone said that, you know, the day in that, that we live in, human history will look back on the day that we're living in right now as the dumb ages. Not the dark ages, but the dumb ages. I sort of believe that. And uh, if there's ever were, if there was a time that we needed God's wisdom, it's now. And so we're continuing this journey through this book of wisdom, and trust the Lord to give it to us. But we'll pick up our reading in Proverbs 28, verse 14. The Bible says, "Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief." As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hath covetousness shall prolong his days. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his way shall fall at once. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. All right, verse 14, I I would call these verses we're going through life's choices. You know, many times life gives you a choice. You can choose one thing or another thing, but you're not going to really get anything in the middle. It's one or the other. That's the that's the thing that's being put before us in many of these verses. First, first, verse 14 says this, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So look at that verse just a minute. Look at the contrast between being happy and being hardened. So here's my question to you. As we look at this verse, verse 14, are you happy or are you hardened? Because if you have a hard heart, you're not happy. And if, you have, if you're happy, then you don't have a hard heart because God brings happiness into the lives of those that have a tender heart to Him. Now, the world would say this phrase is crazy and it's wrong and there's no way it can be true, but God is so much wiser than the world and His thoughts and knowledge is so far beyond ours that if we don't understand anything, we need to get our understanding out of the way and let him speak to us. Verse 14 says, happy is the man that what? The world would say that's stupid. Fear doesn't bring happiness. But that's not what God says. Happy is the man that feareth always. Now, he's not talking about fearing other men. Because he's already told us the fear of man bringeth a snare. He's not just talking, he's not talking about just being afraid in life because the Bible tells us that God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And of course, in the context of Proverbs, if you've read the whole book and you get 
to this verse in chapter 28, you've already read a whole lot of verses about fear that he's talking to you about in a good light, and that is the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know, the New Testament tells us that we're to pass the time of our sojourning here in fear. We ought to be living our days in the fear of the Lord. And God says, if we'll do that, we'll find happiness. In other words, you can't be a happy person without fearing God. You can't, you can't do it. The Word of God tells us to... Here, here's a good Philippians verse, alright? The big book of joy. He says in Philippians 2 and verse number 12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't know that I've seen that applied very often. Now that doesn't mean there's not joy in the life. Philippians is the book of joy. But we need to let the salvation that God's worked in us, we need to work it out of our lives in fear and trembling. That's not a a thing of bondage in our lives. It's reverence. It's not bondage. It's caution, not distrust. And if we'll live our lives in the fear of God, He'll bring happiness in our life. And if we have no fear of God, there's a whole group of people that have no fear of God before their eyes, and they're not happy. Guys, the world's not happy. It doesn't matter how they dress it up or how many pictures they take. I've told you all about that. You know, I'll be in an airport, you know, and I I, I gave you the illustration that that lady was doing all this, and she was smiling, and she's taking the picture, and then she was posting it. But as soon as she took that picture, it was like this. It's a joke. It's not real. And all the, the seeming happiness of the world is hollow. It's not real. There's nothing to it. Because God says to be happy, you have to be an individual that's living in the fear of the Lord. And without the fear of the Lord, there is no happiness. That fear of the Lord, matter of fact, you really can't read verse 14 without the prior verse before it to understand what he's talking about, that fear. Look at Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. You know who covers their sins up? People that aren't afraid to do that. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Look at it. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Who confesses sin? People that are afraid of God confess their sins. People that have a fear of God forsake their sins. People that don't care and they, they're not interested and they're not, they're not afraid of God in the least, they don't confess anything unless they get caught and they think they can get out of it by confessing. That's not confession either, by the way. I've always, you know, I had a question mark about somebody. If the confession is only when you get caught. Real confession is that in your heart, you're caught. <laughs> Doesn't matter about anybody else's knowledge. This person that is fearing, he is afraid of the Lord in the sense that he's afraid that his sins will be a reproach before him, before God, about him. And so he confesses and forsakes his sin. And he's walking in the fear of the Lord. And that brings happiness. It brings happiness in your life and in my life when we walk a clean, fearful life. Matter of fact, since we're on happiness, everybody wants to be happy, don't they? 
We used to sing that in devotions. Jesus wants everybody happy. Jesus wants everybody glad. Jesus wants everybody happy, happy, happy. And he doesn't want anybody sad. So don't get caught being grumpy. Don't get caught being sad. Don't get caught being grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Because Jesus wants everybody glad. If you don't remember anything about the message, maybe you remember that song. <laughs> I'd sing that with my kids. Yeah, sing it with my family. Probably need to sing it again. <laughs> Chapter 16. Here's a recipe for happiness. Now, now look. The world won't tell you this. They'll tell you everything I'm telling you is a lie. But why would you trust them? They don't have a very good track record of helping people. You want to be happy? Let's go to God's book of wisdom and find happiness. Well, the first thing he said, you want to be happy? Then, then walk in fear. Live a life with the fear of God in your life. The, the other thing he says here, we're just backtracking now. In Proverbs 16, he says in verse 20, he that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, what does it say? Do you believe that? Is that a lie or is that true? Well, maybe I'm not happy because I'm not trusting in the Lord. Maybe I'm doubting Him. You know what I believe? I believe it's all going to work together for good. To them that love God. You know what I believe? I believe my eternity is settled and God is going to conform me to the image of Christ. And I'm going to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. And I trust that he will do what's best in my life. And if I don't understand it, I'm just going to keep trusting my Lord. And he says, if you'll just trust him, you'll be happy. You trust him? Maybe we need to pray, God, increase my, instead of, God, remove this problem so I can be happy. Maybe I need to pray, God, increase my faith so I'll be happy. This is good preaching tonight. Happiness comes from the fear of the Lord. Happiness comes from trusting in God. Look at chapter 14. Proverbs 14, verse 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth. But he that hath mercy on the poor, what does it say? Have, have mercy on people. Have mercy on underprivileged people. And of course, the poorest people in the world are people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You know, if you'll go out with us and look, our, our, our church doesn't get anything out of this. It's all for the Lord. If you'll go out with us to give these tracts, we're trying to have mercy on the people that are going to die and go to hell. And that's the worst poverty in the world. It's to die without God. We want them to be rich toward God. We want them to find God's salvation. We want to have mercy on people that really deserve judgment. Because we know we deserve judgment too, but God's had mercy on us. So if you want to be happy, have mercy on people. Show mercy to people. It's in the book. Uh, Look at chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. If I tried to write a recipe for you to have happiness, I wouldn't have written all this. 
But God's a lot smarter than me. Here's, here's people's recipe for happiness. Find a new person in your life. Get a better job. Take care of you. Get good health, no matter what it costs you. That, that's, that, that's not what God, God doesn't say any of that. He says stuff like this, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. You know, everybody wants to be happy, but those same people, they don't want to find God's wisdom. They don't want to find the truth. You know what? If you'll seek the truth of God, you know what you'll find? You'll find happiness. If you'll want God's wisdom and you receive the wisdom of God, you'll receive happiness in your life. That's what he said in the book. Look at Proverbs 29. We've not gotten to that chapter, but since we're looking at all these verses in Proverbs about happiness... We'll just pull this one out too. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29 and verse number 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, what does it say? Happy is he. You believe that? You know why people aren't happy? They're not doing what God said. If you don't do what God says, you'll never be happy. I don't, I don't care what happens in your life. Happiness comes by doing what the Lord told us to do. And He's built into us if we're saved. You will not be happy. You cannot be happy if you're not doing what He says. It doesn't matter what you do in your life. I wish people believed that. But they don't. They think they can ignore what God tells them to do in their life and they can still have a wonderful life. And it's not true. You say, well, I'm doing what God tells me to do and I'm happy. Well, evidently you're not because he said if you keep the law, you'll be happy. You know, he said a whole bunch of things in there, not five. Here's what we do. Lord, I did this one and that one and that one and these five. (laughs) We got a whole book full of stuff he's told us to do. We can't ignore all of the other 80% we're not doing. We got to say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And if you'll do that, you'll stumble over happiness in your life. Doesn't the Bible say Proverbs, or excuse me, Psalm 144 in verse number 15, the Bible says happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Is that what he says? We, we, We live in the most depressing day. Guys, I I don't like to be around people that are depressed. I have to be. I have to try to help people that have problems. You have to be. But there ought to be some happiness in my life that maybe can rub off on somebody else's life so we're not all depressed at the same time. Does that make sense? Somebody's got to stand up and be the spiritual one and say, man, it's great to be saved. 
And I, I know there are seasons in our lives that are burdensome. I understand that. I know there are times in our lives that seem to be overwhelming. I get that. I understand that. But I'm telling you what, if we are God's people, there should be some happiness there. And if you don't have yours today, amen, then the rest of us need to have ours today to help you. Misery loves company, but I don't, I don't get that. But you watch it. Somebody that's not happy, they get upset being around other people that are happy. Don't know why they're so happy. <laughs> because I'm part of God's people, and happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Mm. Maybe we need to all sing, Jesus wants everybody happy. Back to our text, Proverbs chapter 18. What's your choices in life? Are you going to choose happiness? Or, here's the other choice in your verse. Proverbs 28, verse 14, look at it. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Hard hearts are not happy hearts. Mischief awaits those that don't have a tender heart toward God and toward others. And here's what happens. The devil's plan is for the problems of your life to just make you harder and harder. You know what Job said? Job said in the midst of his trials, he said, God maketh my heart soft. And at the end of the day, with all of, his, with all of his problems, he had twice as much as he ever had before. He was, a, he was a hero of the faith. He had wonderful joy in his life. God was real to him. But he had, he had to come to that place of understanding, I can't harden my heart over this. What if he had hardened his heart toward his wife? I mean, how would, you like, how would you like a spouse that's egging you on to die? Curse God and die. We've always heard, you know, great, there's always a great woman behind a great man. Well, that was a great man and he didn't have a great woman behind him. He had a woman telling him to curse God and die. I don't know, maybe he had a good insurance policy. I don't know what's going on there, right? Curse God and die. He could have got better at that woman. How about his friends that came by? He could have got better at his friends. He, maybe some of that was going on a little bit. I tell you what, those friends, I, 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 don't, I don't think I could ever probably preach verse by verse through the book of Job. You're getting some of those. I mean, those friends are throwing in his face about his kids getting killed and saying it's his fault. You want to you want to grab somebody in the heart and tear their heart out? Just tell them the reason your kids are dead. God killed your kids because of your sin, and that was a lie. And they're saying that to him to him to his face. He could have got real bitter about that. They're not saying that thing behind his back either. So and so talked about me. How would you like him talking to your face like that? And at the end of the story of Job, what did God tell Job? Pray for your friends. If he's bitter, he couldn't do that. <laughs> My 
I'm not going to pray for them. You know what they said to me? I can't get over that. I can't. You know, they said that about my family. I, I, I was mistreated. It was not fair. I was at my lowest part and they just kicked me to the curb. They didn't get bitter. He didn't harden his heart. He got down and prayed for them. And the Bible says God turned his captivity when he prayed for his friends. If he hadn't had a tender enough heart, he may have never gotten out of that captivity and never got to the place of happiness. You know why? Because hardened hearts never get to happiness. Mm. Somebody needs this tonight. Maybe it's your hard heart keeping you from happiness. Maybe it's hard to get somebody or some circumstance in your life. How about this? Could Job not got a hard heart at God? Guys, there is nobody in here tonight that lived as good a life as Job. He was the greatest man that God could find in all of that part of the world. Living for God, loving God, good, clean life. And he could have got mad at God. Can you imagine having to bury all your kids in a day? Don't tell me right there he couldn't have hardened his heart at God for the rest of his life. But he didn't. You know what happens when you harden your heart against God? You lose any hope of being happy. It's happiness or hardness. Which one you want? That's why, hey guys, I want to keep a tender heart to God. Amen. I, I want to respond to God. Even if I don't know I've done anything wrong, I want to get down and say, Lord, I'm sorry for that one too. That's why I like to use the altar. I don't want to be one that votes to say we're not going to have altars anymore. Would you want to take a vote and we'd just say we're not going to have altar call anymore? Well, that's what you do when you never use the altar. I want to be so sensitive to God. Are you listening to me? So tender to God. He don't have to hit me upside the head. He just has to tug a little bit. Yes, sir, Lord. You know why? That's where you find happiness. Happiness is not in hardness. It's in tenderness. Well, i got to move on. Verse 17. Totally change the subject. We've already dealt with verse 15, 16. Before, verse 17 says, A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Here he's talking about violent people, and then he's talking about people that pacify those violent people. Here's someone that does violence to the blood of some person, and the Bible says they they should flee to the pit, and no man should stay him. And that just means no man should... Uh, deliver him or no man uh, should help him or support him or no man should stop his sentence of the pit from coming to him. Let no man stay him. In other words, if you do violence to the blood of any person, God brings judgment upon that person. Our violent world is a product of no enforcement of the judgment of God on the violent. And that goes all the way back to the Noahic covenant. 
That's not even the law. We're not talking about the Mosaic law. We're not even talking about the Ten Commandments. Genesis 9, 6, after the flood, when those people got off that ark, as few as they were, God made a covenant with Noah, and this is what he said. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, period. And that is, we are under Noah's covenant today. Praise God we are. I don't know why. Look, the only reason God has not sent a flood on this world because he put that rainbow out there. And that's part of the Noahic covenant. And I tell you what, it's not wise to use a symbol of God's grace as perversion. Isn't that wicked? And the only reason God doesn't kill the whole human race right now, he made a covenant with Noah. Well, part of that covenant was, if you shed a man's blood, then by man shall his blood be shed. Anybody that does violence to the blood of any man, he's supposed to go to the pit. Violent people should not be pacified. You know, we've got these pacifists in in our society that don't believe in the death penalty. And if that's your choice, you're just choosing violence. But here's, here's what's funny. They don't have a, they'll spare murderers and they'll spare animals, but they don't care about killing babies. You, you talk about nuts. You know, some of these liberal people are the most violent people in all the world. These perverts are violent. This... I don't know if you know this, but there's starting to be a movement of, of even cannibalism in, in society. Guys, there is no stopping. It's not, well, they've got this. No, there is no stopping. What, where's all the violence come from? It's coming from perversion. And it's coming from, there's no judgment in the land. I don't know why. Why are the liberals not upset at the fact that every week in Chicago, 70 people get shot? And they've got all the gun laws in the world. 70 people every week get shot. I got a little thing that pops up all the time on my, on my computer that says how many people got, got shot over the weekend under in Chicago, just in Chicago. And nobody even cares. All they care about is the one thing that will help their agenda. They don't care about the violence in society. There have been almost 700 people killed in Chicago. Homicides. Just in Chicago this year. Have you heard about it on the news? That's a whole lot more dead people than got killed in any shooting you've heard about. 700 people in Chicago. Actually, 630-some, if you want to be exact. This year, we have a violent society because we have a pacifist society that does not believe in the judgment of God. He says, do not stay him. He's supposed to go to the pit. He's supposed to be killed. His blood is supposed to be shed. I don't want to be a violent person. I want to be a, a saver of lives and a helper of lives. We've got to watch that in even our own attitudes. You know, James and John said when they told, they told the Lord Jesus they didn't want him to come in that village, they said, shall we call fire down from heaven and destroy them, Lord? And the Lord Jesus said, you know not what spirit you're of. 
Son of man's not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And I tell you what, if you, want, if you really want to do something, if you want to be a peacemaker, if you want to help people, if you want to save somebody's life, we, you need to get involved in giving them the gospel. You, we need to bring Jesus to the world. That's the greatest peace in all the world. That's the greatest help you could give to anyone. In a violent world. Verse number 18. Speaking of this perversion. Proverbs 28, 18. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. But he that is perverse in his way shall fall at once. Now, he uses the word saved. The word saved in the Bible is not always a reference to the salvation of your soul going to heaven. Sometimes it's talking about saving your physical life, especially in the Old Testament. Here he's actually talking about saving you from a fall. If you look at the whole verse again. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his way shall fall at once. He's going to fall into this destructive pit or this hole. And the Bible says if you walk uprightly, then by walking uprightly you'll be saved. You'll be saved from this perverse way that leads to a fall. So here's, here's, the, here's the choice of life. You can walk upright. Or you can walk perverted. You see that? 18. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. But he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. What does it mean to walk uprightly? Well, I think the the word has a good picture in itself. Walk uprightly. That means you're not walking down. You know, this whole world is going down, down, down. Going to a lower place. Which leads to down, down, down to the pits of hell. Instead of walking uprightly, instead of walking with what is above and what he that is up there. And instead of having my eyes up on the things of God and, and the holy things and the good things. My walk should be up, it shouldn't be down. He that walketh uprightly. That means I'm walking right. I'm not walking wrong. I'm not walking in a perverse way. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. You can either walk uprightly or you can be perverted. We live in a day of perverts. Jesus said, listen now, Jesus said that he lived in a faithless and perverse generation. Deuteronomy 32.5 talks about the perverse and crooked generation. What, what is a pervert? What is perverse? What does that word even mean? The old 1828 dictionary, it says perverse means to turn from the truth or from its proper purpose, to distort from its true use. Turned from right to wrong, corrupted, one that distorts, misinterprets, or misapplies. People pervert the scriptures. They make them say what, what it doesn't say. They pervert the things of God and change what God says and change what God's message is to something that... Guys, even wicked people use the Bible for their own purposes. But that's perversion. Balaam was a pervert. 
Now, in our context, when I was growing up, we called people perverts that were sodomites or had some other type of immoral addiction. And those are perverts. Sort of like what I said Sunday night about going to that young lady that's shacked up with somebody and ask them how, how, how it is to be a concubine. Maybe we need to start going to people. How does it feel to be a pervert? Well, God's got some strong language. Without being ugly, he just you're a pervert. You have misapplied. You have misappropriated. You have distorted. You have changed what I've done and made it something totally different. Whether it's your body or whether it's the Word of God. Balaam was perverse in his way. He changed what God was trying to tell him to do and say and prophesy. And he changed it for his own purposes. Now, so you got a choice. You can walk uprightly or you can go along with the perverts. And you know, here's the thing. I think this, this is where I think the rub hits sometimes. It's easy for us to look outside the window at a world that we don't know and look at their perversion and say, what a perverted society. But when we look at somebody that we know or it's in our family, it's a whole different story. But it's still true. And that doesn't mean we don't love them and pray for them. But perversion is perversion. It doesn't matter where it's found. It doesn't matter if it's in a church pulpit. It doesn't matter if it's your house or if it's down at the bar. Perversion is perversion. And God says, I tell you what you need to do. You've got a choice. You can choose the perversion or you can walk uprightly. All right, we've got one more, verse 19. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Here's the choice. Our health and wealth gospel people will like this point. Do you want plenty or do you want poverty? He says, here's the choice. Plenty of bread or poverty enough. Well, how do I get to plenty of bread? Verse 19, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. You know, hard work will do a whole lot. You know what I'm noticing more and more as they build my house? I don't see any Americans working out there. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter if it's plumbing. I take that back. There was one American who worked out there, but he's, he's one of our church members, so he helped. But that was an exception. You know what we have? We have a shortage of people that want to work hard. You ever tilled land? That's not an easy job to till the land and raise your own bread. Till the land. If I work hard, I'll have plenty. I know there are exceptions to that. There can be famine. There can be crop failure. There can be a lack of rain. There can be all sorts of things. Somebody can steal your crop. But the principle is, if you'll work hard, there'll be plenty that can come to you. He said, by the sweat of your brow. We have a lack of hard work today. And I think our society just expects the plenty without any work. That old writer that I read in the 1800s said this about this. He said, idleness is a sin against God, our neighbor, and ourselves. (laughs) 
Just that laziness, that lack of wanting to work hard. Plenty. Get after it. Well, I don't have, well, get after it. Hard work will bring you what some, a lot of things want. Now, don't forsake the Lord by, and His Word and His work in church by working so hard. Because then you'll be materialistic and have your priorities out of place. But you can work hard. I mean, there's seven days in a week. There's a lot of hours. How many of you? How many of you ever watched that uh, Sergeant York? You ever watched that? It's black. That's a great movie. Black and white. I always get convicted. I watch that movie, and that guy's working for that bottom land. And he's working day, and he's working. He said, well, you'd have to work this many days. He said, no, I have to work this many days and this many nights. And that old boy's just working and working and working. Of course, you know, and then he finds God and all that, and it turns out even better than his work. But what I'm saying is the work ethic, we expect plenty without putting in the work. And then he says, poverty comes, at the end of our verse, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. You know, this is strange. He doesn't say if you don't work hard, you'll be poor. He didn't say that. He said if you follow the wrong people, you'll be poor. If you follow vain persons, you will have poverty enough. Poverty will come to the lives of the people that follow vain persons. It's not just a matter of not being slothful in business and fervent in spirit serving the Lord. It's also a matter of who you're following. And if you follow the wrong people, you're going to come to poverty. You're going to be poor spiritually. You're going to be poor physically. You're going to be poor every way known to man if you follow vain people. And we don't see that any clearer than follow Follow. Follow. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You young people ain't raising your hand on purpose. So who are you following on social media? Well, the the Bible's up to date. He repeats this verse over, I think it's chapter 12. Who are you following? Is it a vain person? There should be, if you're a Christian, you should not be following people that have vain lives. If you follow the Kardashians, you're going to be a poor person. I, I, looked, I looked on the list of, of who, who who's the, gets the top followers. And up there, you know, you got Will Smith. Yeah, that's who I want my boy to follow. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I want my girls to look like whores. <laughs> Those people are the vainest people in the world. Why would I follow them? Why would I follow? 